0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to this week's excerpt from the Dear Prudence podcast. To get the full-length, members-only version every week, join Slate Plus at slate.com slash prudipod.
1: Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence.
0: Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? help help thanks thanks Thanks. thank you Hello and welcome back to Dear Prudence once again. And as always, I am your host, Daniel Mallory Ortberg, also known as Dear Prudence. With me in the studio this week is Heron Walker, a staff writer at Out Magazine and noted dumbass about town whose work has appeared in Jezebel, BuzzFeed, Vulture, Vice, and them. She has no business being here. Heron, welcome. Hi, how are you,
1: Danny? I'm doing great. I I think that was such a power move to make me read that out loud about you. (laughs) I wonder if people knew that I wrote that or not. No, I I think it's a lovely tribute that you wrote to me. You know, it really touched me. You captured me and my truth.
0: I think it was clear as I was reading it who was being humiliated and who wasn't. (laughs) Um, And I think it was obviously me. (laughs) But I hope so much that today we get to humiliate... um, both of you know both of us really, and and other people, and and collectively the the listeners um, that everyone gets to come in for their dose of humiliation today. That is my um, intention that I'd like to set for our our next hour or so.
1: I love it. Yeah, we're both going down. This is this is sinking ship right now. This is
0: it. So let's start off with just like a real mm, problem in the boiler room. Would you mm-hmm. read our first letter?
1: Sure. I love boiler room. The subject line is How do I or Should I try to draw out my possibly transgender child to confide in me? Dear Prudence, I'm a divorced father with sole custody of two kids, one in elementary school and one in middle school. My oldest, who was born female and is still referred to by family, etc. as she, her, has for the past year or so shown signs of wanting to present as male or hide her developing form, preferring shorter hairstyles, wearing loose clothing, wearing multiple sports bras, that being said, she has not made any announcements about gender to me or the rest of the family. I periodically monitor her texts social media etc. for bullying and so forth, given her age. Um, so I do know, again, this kid is in middle school, so I guess, you know, 11 to 13. Um, so I do know that she is instructing friends to refer to her as he him and to refer to her by a male name. I have not confronted her with my knowledge since I'm not sure that's the best way to begin a dialogue. Additionally, I'll admit that I may be overprotective given that I'm a single dad, and I know that I sometimes parent from a position of fear because I grew up in an abusive household, and I'm very concerned with acting in a way that could, quote, screw up my kids. How do I draw her out? How do I decide what pronouns to use when she hasn't confided in me or provided input? How should I address her wearing multiple sports bras? I know that can be unhealthy, so should I push the conversation out of concern for her health? I feel awkward with my quote secret knowledge and like I'm creating an environment where she won't feel comfortable talking to me. But I don't want to hide, I don't want her to hide things from me. And I'm not sure that I want the conversation to start with. I was going through your phone and accounts and noticed.
0: Wow, this, there's so much going on here. My first thought reading this is like, I would give anything. To strike the phrase "her developing form" or "her developing body" from the national discourse, <laughs> like that's that—that that makes uh, me want to put on eight sports bras, and I don't even have breasts anymore. <laughs> like it's just such a cringeworthy thing to say.
1: So I think one of the 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 um, sort of problems I have with um, connect like understanding fully the letter's context is that um, I am not a parent, so I'm like maybe that's a totally normal thing to be observing your child's developing form as like, you know, like, oh, my kid's growing up. It's crazy. Um, puberty's real, I guess. Um, but yeah, it is like a really funny phrase.
0: Yeah, and I, to be clear, I don't want to suggest that like the the father in question is like behaving untowardly in that sense. I just think generally that's really cringe-inducing language that makes me want to put on like 18 sweaters. And I think it's mostly just like, This idea of like her body is burgeoning like a sexy lamp and um, uh, yeah, I don't know, just like language that treats like a a pubescent body as like a a glacier or like something happening in a nature video that you're trying to hide rather than like you know, if other people dress in ways that emphasize or deemphasize certain aspects of their body, we don't use that same kind of language of like, on the one hand, the natural growth, and on the other hand, hiddenness, a cloak, a cave,
1: shame. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, like, growing titties is really weird. So I don't know, I think that you can have a number of reactions to it with the way you dress yourself. Um, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that... Um, You wish you were a different gender or something, but um, you could just be like, this is bizarre. Let me figure this out when I have a sec and like don't have homework to do.
0: Right, right. So in addition to that, I also uh, am not a parent. We are two non-parents telling this dad what to do, which feels right to me. Um, Reading (laughs) the text messages of the child clearly without the child's knowledge. Like, it'd be one thing if all the kids in the house knew, like, dad has access to the messages we send, so, like, we will communicate with that in mind. Um, That seems super not
1: okay to me. I am sort of, like, of the other mindset where it's like, so also not only do I not have kids, um, Mm -hmm. but I also, when I was this kid's age, basically no one in my school had, this is, like, the early 2000s, no one in my middle school had cell phones. We didn't really have social media. But I guess we had AIM. But and I guess I would feel violated if my parents were looking at. OK, you know what? Maybe I am actually like totally in agreement with you. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. I mean, I guess if the dad is paying for like um, the phone bill and bought the phone and like the Wi-Fi bill that connects it to the social media, I can see the argument of like, you're my 12 year old and this is mine so I get to look at it um but then, I don't know I didn't get like the most nefarious feeling from what he said but no maybe totally I'm it too generous
0: totally I mean like I, I get that this is like a concerned parent who comes from a place of like he grew up in a really bad environment I, I don't mean to suggest that like he's a bad dude um but I think if if you're gonna read your kids messages you either need to tell them Um, especially because it's like, I do it to check for bullying, but you clearly don't. Like, that's just not true. You need to be honest with yourself about your motives. You're doing it because your kid is keeping something private from you, um, and you want your kid not to have privacy. Generally speaking, I'm of the opinion that unless the kid is, like, actively hurting themselves or about to hurt somebody else, um, it, it is good for, like, you know 11 12 13 year olds to have a little bit of privacy especially when it comes to stuff like their own bodies like this is prime uh privacy interest time
1: yeah i also another thing i i i want the um dad writing in to think about is um so he says something about like i just don't want to screw up my kids but like you're going to screw up your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, just accept that, no matter what kind of parenting style you have. I mean, it might not be, like, layers and layers of trauma. And, like, it might just be, like, a mini spiral that you give them that they work through therapy years later, or they might just be super fucks for life. But, like, you're going to you're gonna screw up your kids, even if you're, like, super accepting and super open and no boundaries. Um, and, like, you wear, I don't know, like, a trans pride flag every day or something, um, consensually with the kid. Yeah. Um like, the kid is then gonna, like, have a whole different set of issues with you. You know, like, you're gonna screw up your kids. Maybe just accept that you're going to. And, um move from there and respond when your kid is like, this is weird, please stop. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So I will say too, like the sense that like, I feel like I'm creating an environment where my kid won't feel comfortable talking to me. I think that's accurate. I think that's true. I think your discomfort makes sense to me because you know that your kid wants a lot of privacy right now and has chosen not to share this information with you. um, And yet you're going out of your way to pick it up without telling uh, your kid. Uh, and you're like, gee, I wonder if that's going to mean my kid won't want to tell me stuff in the future. 100% that will. If your kid finds this out, your kid's going to rightly feel upset and betrayed and violated, and they're going to want to create more space between the two of you. So if, like, creating an environment where your kid feels comfortable telling you stuff is what you want, you can, I think, do one of two things. One is stop reading your kid's messages. Um, Or the (laughs) other is saying, like, hey, guys, everyone's, and then this should go for everyone in the house. Like, Uh, picking a degree to which you want to dip in and not just saying like every day when I'm bored, I'm going to scroll through everything my kid says, but like maybe once a week or once a month, I'm going to do like a little review of your messages. And I want you all to know that. Um, because I want to be above board about that. I think those are your kind of two options, where either you can have this be an honest policy, and then even if your kids are like, I hate this policy, it sucks, you can do the whole, like, well, I'm your dad and I pay for the phone. But but doing it secretly, I think, um, is going to make your kids rightly not trust you.
1: Yeah, especially if it's going to make you... Um begin to want to intervene in their lives based on the information you learn because it's going to come out somehow at some point because you're just going to be like on the edge of your seat knowing where your kids actually going when they say like drop me off at the mall I'm just going to the mall or something not to speak from experience but um uh, I totally also want to echo what Danny said about um like just don't don't confront your kid with um I read on your text that you might be transgender and mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what pronouns to use for you so I can make this an accommodating environment that will do the exact opposite um there is something you can do cuz I mean like so I mean w- I am I'm, I'm not diagnosing your kid with anything I'm not like who knows what gender combo your your kid is um going to end up as but like um this could just be with the name and the pronouns and the expression and everything. This could be something that like your kid is trying out, seeing if it feels right, seeing what parts of it feel right. All of it could sort of be up in the air. It could be totally set and they're finally just like embodying it but waiting until they feel comfortable bringing it up to you before they bring it up to you. And when they do feel comfortable, they will bring it up to you. Um, in the meantime, though, there is something you can do, which is like, um, I, I don't know where you live, but if you you can Google around on the internet um, and find an informed consent clinic somewhere near you. Um, see if you're, you know if you are in LA. I think it's the LGBT Center, Chicago Howard Brown, New York has Apocha, Callen-Lord, um, Boston has the Fenway Center, the Mazzoni Center in Philadelphia, a bunch of other ones around the country, and also in a bunch of states like Planned Parenthood also offers hormones on an informed consent basis, meaning that you uh, by requesting a hormone medication, you are um, I don't know. I, how did I get one? I don't know anything about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get a prescription based on the understanding that you, infor- you understand the risks and that you are informed and then you consent based on that uh, information that you have. Um, and so you can also find a doctor in your area who um, is open to prescribing either puberty blockers or hormones to your kid um, if that is something your kid wants um, so that the second your kid says like, this is something I want to do. You can be like, great! I know exactly how to do that. Um, that is, I think, like a really good thing you could be doing on your own. And also, maybe like hit up a local P flag chapter for like parents and families of lesbians and gays and bisexuals and transgenders. Later on, later on, but the acronym is still from the nineties or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are things you can do that don't involve um, uh, creating trauma. Um, and screwing your kid up like you don't want to do, apparently.
0: Yeah, and I would say, like, even before you get ahead of the situation, like, I think it's great to research informed consent clinics just because I think that's a good thing for people to know about in general. But I I would say broadly, yeah, communicate to your kids that you have heard of gay and bi and trans people and that you are, like, you think that that is a good thing for the world Um, because if you don't really say anything about it and you just kind of leave your kids to guess, they might guess perhaps rightly, that you are not so great with it. Um, And that doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, wake up your kids tomorrow morning and say, like, good morning, everyone. By the way, if any of you happen to be trans, I'd be great with that. Um, But, like, it'll be a little awkward. That's okay. Um, The, like, health concern about multiple sports bras, if she's, if your kid's wearing, like, five and, and clearly having trouble breathing... Then absolutely. I I would say it's time to even have the slightly uncomfortable conversation and say, like, this is not healthy. We need to revisit this. But if your kid is just, like, layering sports bras, that is not uncommon, Um, even among, like, cis teenagers who just have, like, bigger chests. Like, it's... um. It's not like a binder where you need to be kind of more concerned about, like, um, how your ribs are doing and how your breathing is and and all that. So um, my my read there is there's maybe a little more concern there than there needs to be. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you notice that your kid is having trouble breathing or uh, is visibly in pain, yes, absolutely have that conversation. Um, But, yeah, I would just say beyond that... um, Mostly what's really good to acknowledge right now is that this all really falls under the purview of, like, normal privacy and development for this age. Like, all your kid is doing right now is texting with some of their friends, trying out a new name. Um, that's it. Um, that's some, And, like, wearing a lot of sweaters that's okay that doesn't mean your kid needs to tell you something there may not be anything more than that to tell um, I understand that you might want to know more but that's not something that you can force your kid to do um, I-, I would say just work on like creating a really receptive and welcoming environment at home and then even if your kid declines to share stuff with you right away that doesn't mean that your answer needs to be to push um, I-, I think
1: yeah. you know sweaters are a gateway garment but yeah, maybe right. give your kid a little space. Like think
0: about how many kids in junior high, like even who aren't exploring their gender, like change the spelling of their name or are like, oh, I want to be N with an E now. Do you know what I mean? Or like, would you could you consider calling me Cordelia? Like junior high is when you start doodling your name a lot and like trying to add apostrophes and hearts to it. Like that's really standard, like uh, kind of like self-determination stuff. And it's fine.
1: Yeah, who among us was not a fake goth into a fake emo, into a fake star into a fake hipster through high school? It's know?
0: so true. Although in my case, it did end up being a, a gateway to transition. So
1: I don't want to like... <laughs> Fair, the <laughs> same. I was just doing it for the makeup and the girls' clothes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the... Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'll, I'll just... I, I think we could spend ages on this one. And I just want to reiterate like dad in question. I think there's a lot that you're doing right here. You clearly love your kids. I really think you need to scale back on the monitoring their conversations. If all you've found out is that your kid like likes to ask their friends to like call him a guy's name, um, that is not sufficient reason to be like, I'm worried about my kid's safety. I need to keep on top of these text messages. That is not like experimenting with drugs. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase Over by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so... Time for a brand new, totally different kind of problem, which I don't think I've ever gotten a letter like this before. I sort of love it. <laughs> um, it is bonkers. Okay. The subject is too much therapy. Dear Prudence, my girlfriend recently convinced to me she has been seeing the same therapist for nine years. She is not mentally ill and wasn't abused. Her parents got divorced when she was a teen and her father moved to another state. Both of them are involved in her life and delightful people. Is it wrong to be weirded out by this? My mother died, and I came out as gay in a very small southern town. My father and mother put me in therapy as soon as I confessed the truth, so I understand the value of it, but nine years? Once a week? My girlfriend pays out of pocket for her sessions, and it's a huge drain on her paycheck. I am leery about moving forward with our relationship because of this dependence. She tells me about her sessions, and they all seem like expensive bitching sessions. What do I do about the coworker who microwaves tuna in the break room? Am I being too judgmental or not enough? I want to plan for a wedding and kids, but I can't imagine a future with a plus one in our marriage.
1: <laughs> um. So the the letter writer asks, like, is it wrong that I'm weirded out by this? And yeah, like, (laughs) what's your problem? Yeah, Uh, I I don't agree that the girlfriend likes therapy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, The threshold for therapy does not need to be, like, I'm on the verge of disaster. Uh, You can absolutely just go because you like to periodically check in with someone uh, about whether or not you trust your own instincts or you ought to be more judgmental or how to deal with conflict at work, even low-level conflict.
1: Yeah, and, like, also— so. You say that a bunch of the sessions, they just really sound like um, expensive bitch sessions about really annoying shit that goes through, that she goes through every day at work with her coworkers. And it's really annoying. Guess who's going to have to hear about it if she stops seeing a therapist? It's going to be you. And unlike a therapist, you won't even get paid for it. So do you want to do these sessions for free for her? Because that's what's going to happen if you make her leave therapy. She's going to be a psycho. Yeah. I mean, like, letter writer, you can absolutely
0: say to your girlfriend, I don't always understand what you get out of therapy. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? I've always thought of it as something you just do if you have an emergency. What do you enjoy about it nine years in? And like genuinely listen to her answer, but not with the end goal of like, and by the end of it, you need to realize it's stupid and quit. You can even in that conversation say like, I know that it's really expensive. Do you ever think about like scaling back to once a month? Or like when you think about a future together, you know, how would you want us to incorporate that into a budget? But again, that's like a conversation you have just generally about planning a future, not like uh, it's it's me or the therapist, maybe.
1: Yeah, the, the plus one in the um, marriage language is really curious to me. And nothing in the letter indicates that um, the letter writer is jealous or envious, per se, because there's like no description of what the therapist looks like, who the therapist is, how it seems like the, the letter writer's girlfriend relates to the therapist. But it does make me wonder if like, this seems like a whole lot of feelings over nothing. So it does make me wonder if there's like something that we're not seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe she's posting pictures with her therapist. I don't know. Now I'm just speculating over here this isn't helpful
0: well but i i will say i speculated a little bit too because this also seemed like a really over-the-top reaction to something that seemed pretty like banal um mm-hmm. sometimes i hear from people who are really worried that if their partner's in therapy that their partner is talking about them and that that therapist is like oh. acting as like uh, some sort of like evil soundboard that's like, yeah, your partner is the source of all your problems or that like, yeah, this idea that like your girlfriend has this secret relationship referee that she might go to when you two fight and you're afraid that um that
1: person's going to interfere. Oh my God. Yeah. Which like, I mean, yes, you probably are the cause of a bunch of her problems, but like <laughs> if those were... D- You know, but like, if those were super serious and she hated you, like, she would break up with you. Like, she obviously is going to therapy to work through them in order to continue to be with you and will work with you on things she needs to work with you on. But like...
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's been doing this for nine years. She clearly did not start going to therapy, like, because of your relationship. So if that's part of this, like, I, I don't think her therapy is really about you. I think it's about her and about, like, she chooses to prioritize this financially over other things. Um that may change at another time but I, frankly I think if she can afford it and that's where she wants to like prioritize most of her like spending money I, I think that's great um, and then the other one is like that bit of like look my mom died I came out as gay in a small southern town I got thrown into therapy it, it, which I got like stuck in therapy which kind of suggests that like it didn't even though you say like you understand the value, it doesn't sound like you maybe felt like it was a choice you had. Um, it wasn't necessarily corrective therapy, but it was kind of like, we don't know how to deal with this, so go see a therapist. So it maybe felt like something you were kind of pressured in to do or didn't get a lot of value out of. And now there's a sense of like, well, I'm fine, but I didn't really get the time or attention um, or sympathy that I needed then. And part of me feels like there's not enough time and attention and sympathy to go around. So if my girlfriend's getting nine years worth of it, then frankly, I'm due 15 mm-hmm. or 20.
1: Yeah. And it also sounds like maybe you don't have a ton of, um, or, or maybe not that you don't have a ton of it, but like maybe you could also work on having more empathy or sympathy for um, your girlfriend. Because um, it sounds like there is a bit of an element or like an underlying feeling in there of like, she doesn't even have problems. What's she doing in there? Right. Like, like why is she upset? That's the only reason you can What's go? so bad about her life? Exactly. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I would just say to that, like,
0: I would pay attention to if there's a part of you that feels like, actually, I've been through some really rough stuff that, like, no, doesn't stop me from functioning on a daily basis. But I would really like to talk about um, or or ask for some time and sympathy with. I would encourage you to, like, pay attention to that in yourself and tell your girlfriend. Share that with her. Share that with, like, friends or, or maybe, you know. Go go see a therapist of your own for a couple of sessions. Doesn't mean you have to do it for nine years. Um, any of those would be good options because you deserve to talk about those things. Um, and yeah, then there's
1: trauma for everyone.
0: Yeah, and and then when it comes to your girlfriend, I think you know ask questions. Certainly, like you can share one or two of your thoughts. Although I would I would share edited versions of these thoughts with her, and in a way that makes it really clear you're not responsible for my resentment or jealousy here. I just want you to know this is something that I'm working on in myself. So that she's aware that you uh, deal with this dynamic, um, but but let the idea go that um, there's something weird or or unreasonable about going to a therapist for a really long time, even if your life's not a disaster. Okay, uh, this next one, oh, this one's really sad. Um, uh, mean twins are just like a whole separate category of of mean. Yeah. I think. Um, So the subject is shit-talking sister. Dear Prudence, My twin sister got pregnant at 18 and again at 21. She lives with our parents. I am currently on a break from college, which I pay for myself, and I'm the general manager for an independent coffee house. I live about three hours away from my family. I ran into an old friend who informed me that my sister had been trashing my reputation to anyone who would listen. She describes me as a, quote, college dropout, a Starbucks barista, and a complete basket case. I spend all of my time, quote, drugged out of my mind, and am driving the family into the poorhouse. I have clinical depression and go to therapy to deal with it. I'm still on my parents' insurance, but I pay the copay. I was nauseated at these revelations. I'm not especially close with my twin. We have turned into very different people, and our family mostly focuses on her kids. I never thought that she hated me, though. She's my sister. She's my twin. I did some social media stalking of her, and it confirmed everything that my friend told me. In fact, it was worse. I ended up crying in front of my computer. I don't know what to do now. Our father has been upset with my sister since her second pregnancy, and the last time I went home, tensions were high. I don't want to cause a fight, but I don't think I can make small talk over breakfast with my sister while knowing what she really thinks about me. Can you help? I don't know <laughs> yeah this is, this is I really, really sad. don't know if I can. <laughs> Um, did you I know? Get, this sucks. Yeah, um, I'm really, really sorry. I think you should be hurt and upset. I, I, I don't think that you need to hide that. Um, my, my read, by the way, with the line about social media stalking, my read on that was just like literally this person looked up their sister's social media account, and it's just kind of like out there
1: for people to see.
0: Was that what you you were? Like a Twitter account that's like, I hate my sister who works at Starbucks,
1: yeah, yeah, or just like that that there must have been not that it was necessarily I didn't get the impression that it was like one of those like twenty nineteen teen trend piece like hate accounts or whatever on right. Instagram just more that like throughout the course of maybe her Facebook photo she's like like, um I I I don't need that like I don't know. I don't need that bitch in my life anyway, or something like that where it's just sort of clear that she's talking about her sister, who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah, um, I mean, I basically, I guess I just want to say it does not sound like you had to go out of your way to do like digging through her text messages or something like the dad from the previous letter. Like you were just, it's out there for the world to see.
1: Yeah. um, I, I don't know what to do with this one because it's just, it's so, it's really sad and upsetting and like you were like, there's no really like, like your sister is the one who should be changing her behavior. So it's, it's hard to. Um, think of the advice to give you because I don't know the particulars with your family. It sounds like your family might also be frustrated in their own ways with um, your sister. I don't know, though, if you'd be able to talk to your parents just about, like, maybe before the next time you're coming home. This is, like, just to set the tone of, like, this is something that I am going to talk to her about because this is really upsetting and has hurt my feelings through all of her lies and everything she says about me that's just untrue and hurtful. Um, Alternately, like, I I don't know what your relationship with your parents is like, but um, I don't think you necessarily have to come home as if everything's normal. If coming home means being around someone who has hurt you this deeply with apparently no remorse. Maybe, like, next time you come home, tell your parents that this is what's happening and talk to your sister about it. And then going forward you know just see how she responds and if she is extremely hurtful in response and doesn't seem remorseful or like she wants to change and keeps doing the same shit to you like then i think you have a reasonable reason to like you know not cut your parents out of your life but just like not come home to the place where she's residing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I think, especially because it sounds like the second pregnancy at 21 was not all that long ago. My guess is they're both in their early 20s. So there's still kind of a sense of like, mom and dad are usually involved in our fights, which usually by often, not always, like later in life, it's, it's more like we handle our own fights. Um, and while our parents may be aware of what's going on or have their own opinions, we're not like looking to them to act as referees. So I, I would say in, in this one, um, don't worry about your parents maybe getting angry or not or hurtful or not or sad or not. Um, but but focus on talking about this with your sister first. Um, again, that's not to say you're not allowed to talk about it with your parents, but I do think it's important to kind of um, try to speak to her before you speak to them um and i think the the way that i would do it is is before you go home um and if the idea of calling her and asking her about this feels too hard you can certainly text or email although i would you know prepare yourself for her to say slightly more um thoughtless or unkind stuff if she can't like see your face or hear your voice um
1: yeah and um speaking speaking of which with like texting or email um Of the two, I would recommend either email or a single text that says everything you want to say rather than engaging a back and forth. Just because if she is already on social media, like lying about you and saying hurtful things about you, if you get into a heated back and forth and Mm -hmm. say things you regret, um, that then you try to be hurtful back to her. You've just given her so much screenshot fodder to make you into the bitch that she keeps calling you. So be very mindful of a phone call she can't. I don't know, most people don't know how to record and then clip out a phone call, you know? So I doubt that she does. Um, And then an email, it's like, if that's more of a self-contained statement of what you want to say, just, yeah, be really mindful about what you give her if social media is sort of her battleground. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I'll just say, like, Reading between the lines here, my sense is that your sister feels really stuck in a lot of ways and really jealous of your relative freedom Um, and the stuff that she is like running you down about is in fact the things that she envies about you, Um, which does not mean like, oh, therefore it's fine, like because she's probably jealous of you and your life is, um, you know, heading in a really different direction than hers um, means you have to just absorb whatever abuse she wants to toss your way. but I do think that will be helpful context as you move ahead. Like I think this is very much coming from a place of, um, she is in fact jealous of you, and she wants to tear down the things that you've done to take care of yourself and to build like a kind of future for yourself that involves a lot of independence um, and and self care, for lack of a better phrase. Um, you know, she wants that for herself. I, that seems clear to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think I would just say like. I ran into X, and they told me that you've said, and, you know, condense that, just like one or two sentences that you've been saying these really cruel things about me. Um, and then I saw some of it on social media. It really hurt. Um, if you ever want to have a real conversation about how we relate to each other or, or things that are on your mind, I want to be available to that. But I just need you to know, this really hurt me. I don't want you to speak about me this way. Um, and it would mean a lot to me if you would apologize. Um, and I think to kind of leave it at that in a way that's not like you have to apologize to me or else, but that just really lays it out on the line. Like, here's how I feel. Sad and hurt. I wish you hadn't done that. Um, I, I am available for a different kind of conversation if you would ever like to be direct with me um, and, and leaving it kind of clear that the ball is in your court. And if you want to start with an apology and attempt to have this conversation for real, we can do it. But I'm not going to chase you down or force you into anything. Um And then to let that one sit. And if she doesn't respond uh, or if her response is just like, in fact, you're the bad person for knowing this or something, um, you know, I, I think then you will know probably you will need to seriously limit the amount of time that you see your sister. Um, and and that may involve going home less often or, or, um, you know, telling your parents a a little bit more about what the nature of the fight was and explaining, like, I'd love to get together for lunch with you guys. Um, and I understand you have to have a relationship with her independent of me. I'm not asking you to disown her, but, um, for my own like mental health, I, I can't be around her. Um, and that will be really sad. Uh, I think that's part of what you're mourning is like. I knew we weren't super close, but I thought we were like at least at a sort of détente. And in fact, you find out that she hates you, and that's devastating. Um, but if that's what you need to do, then that would be the next right thing. Yeah. Oh boy, I I thought I front loaded this um, episode, and then nope, nope, nope.
1: Just the mess just keeps on keeps on coming.
0: It is so bad this one this one might be the worst one just
1: in terms of yeah
0: you get to read it though i don't have to at least uh, sorry
1: okay. um <laughs> thanks thanks for inviting me on your podcast Anything. um so this one is subject line is just silence dear prudence my boyfriend, 22, stupidly sent me his homemade porno with his coworker, 18. Thank you for including the ages and that they're both over 18. Yes. It's the one thing I will say thank you about this whole email. <laughs> yep. My boyfriend, 22, stupidly sent me his homemade porno with his coworker, 18. We both worked for the same company at different locations. We were in the process of getting me on his lease since I just moved in. I cried, took all of my unopened boxes back into my car, and went to work. People asked me about it at work and I showed them what my boyfriend had sent me. I didn't send it to anyone. So I think what she's saying is that she physically showed it on her phone to her coworkers but she didn't email it or text it to anyone mm-hmm. or post it online. One of the one of the people turned out to be the other girl's mother. I knew she had a daughter who worked at the other store, but I swear I didn't know it was the same girl. It caused a huge incident where the mother went over to the other store, berated her, and dragged her out by the hair, calling her a whore. Management got involved. I gave a statement, but nothing else happened to me. My ex got let go, and the other girl, quote, quit. So I guess there's the implication that maybe she, like, um, was fired, but they said that she quit. Um, rather than being sympathetic, my best friend told me that my behavior made her uncomfortable and that I indulged in, quote, revenge porn. I told her that she was being cruel. I didn't post anything online. I showed people what was sent to me, and the other girl wasn't some poor little victim. She smiled and told my boyfriend to get her good side on the video. You could see the picture of my boyfriend and me on the nightstand. My entire world imploded that morning. We fought and are not talking anymore. I feel like everyone I loved and trusted the most has left me and betrayed me. Did I do anything wrong? Do I owe this girl anything? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> so when we got uh, next question
0: yeah when i i got to that line about we fought and are not talking anymore and coupled with the fact that it opens with my boyfriend not my ex-boyfriend i'm so oh. nervous that this letter writer is gonna stay with this guy
1: please don't, don't do it just break up yeah
0: i know this you sucks yeah i know you didn't move in um. don't just say we're not talking anymore or we fought. Say we broke up because I dumped him.
1: Yeah, you can absolutely just continue not talking to him. Like, he cheated on you with someone he works with at another store that is owned by the same people. Like, you know people at the other store. You probably knew this girl, like... Th- this is just like there's so much like this is just so stupid it's like yeah. it's disrespectful to your intelligence it's disrespectful to you it's also just like so unimaginative like you're going to go cheat on your girlfriend and you pick your coworker at the same store she works at mm-hmm. like you don't even you know, remember to like, go on, like move I your grinder or something <laughs> don't even remember to move
0: your like infidelity photographs like on the side of the mantle not that you would have oh, a mantle God. by your bed like,
1: but <laughs> Oh, um, but speaking of speaking of the photo and the details about like she is not some poor little victim. She saw the camera and she wants to get her good side. Like <laughs> I'm just picturing the stepmom from the Parent Trap, where it's just sort of like, yeah, you can just tell <laughs> she's a bitch because she has bitch face. Like, and I kind of stand. I can't lie. Um, um, yeah, no. So I,
0: I love I, this coworker girl. I I really hope she's got people in I, her corner.
1: <laughs> like she said, I don't know. I feel like she's she's reclaiming that. No, I'm not going to argue this. Um. I I don't think that I do want to just say also that I, I know it's like a, a sort of the 101 way of responding to this is like yeah you do also owe this girl something and like what you did is fucked up because you're only supposed to blame the man who cheats blah 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 but like. I mean, I don't know, like, that in its way feels kind of infantilizing to women and robs them of agency anyway. Yeah. I think you don't owe this woman anything. She did something stupid, too. She also hooked up with a coworker. If anything, this is a cautionary tale against, like, fucking people you work with. It just doesn't end well, so don't do it. So
0: if some of the things that the letter writer went on to do had not happened, I would totally be there in your corner. And again, I would say, like, in terms of what you owe this girl is to leave her the fuck alone forever. Like, yeah, the, yeah. You, you don't need... She probably doesn't... She doesn't want to hear from you. Leave her alone. Um, but let's just say, like, she's not some poor little victim. Um, maybe that wasn't true at the time. Although, like, your boyfriend's 22. She's 18. They work together. Like, that's not the most, like, we're just two free and independent adults who happen to come together. But whatever. I'm not saying that, like, she was of legal age. He wasn't her boss. I'm I'm, I'm not going to try to, like, make more of that than we have. But, like... Since you got the video, she's lost her job, and her mother has dragged her out of work by the hair, calling her, like, horrible names. So, I think after you were through with her, she kind of is a poor little victim. Um, she has suffered way more than anyone deserves to just for, like, sleeping with a gross coworker. Um, so, she has been, you just need to leave her alone. Um and your friend yeah. I-, I think was right to say like, wow, you could have like done a you could have you could have handled this differently. Yes, one hundred percent you could have handled this differently. Um you could have just said something like, My boyfriend just sent me a video of him having sex with someone else. I'm gonna take a half day. You know what I mean? Like, I need to go. Um and, and that would not have um crossed like a moral line.
1: Well, I also just realized that Um, if you like, you know, you all know each other at the two different stores or there is some crossover or that, you know, you knew the mother had a daughter at the other store, even if you didn't know it was her, as you say, um, you showing this video to people. You're doing so knowing that they probably or there's a good chance they might know this girl if she's a coworker at the other store. So actually, I do think there was a malicious I'm, I'm reevaluating my yeah. position and I do think there was a malicious element and something unnecessarily cruel about it. Yeah, um, that you could have, as Danny said, just like you could have conveyed that with your words um, or had like some kind of discretion. I also do hope that your friend is maybe if you really do see where you kind of fucked up in this yourself, um, I hope that if you do talk to your friend about it, your friend can also be sympathetic to how like, you know, you made some you responded kind of poorly to this, but also that like this was a really shitty thing that happened that like I, I'm not trained on how to respond to this in the heat of the moment.
0: Yeah, and I like, I, I don't buy for a second that you didn't even suspect that this coworker of yours who had a daughter who worked at the other location could have been that other girl like be honest with yourself about your motives if you didn't know it you at least strongly suspected it part of the reason you showed it to your coworkers was because you wanted the word to get out you wanted people to know who the girl was and you wanted her to be punished uh, in addition to him so like don't try to pretend that your motives were purer or cleaner smelling than they were um because that is not a good way to like deal with any difficult emotional escapade. Um, you got to be honest with yourself. You, you kind of hoped that it was maybe her mom, um, and that's just true. Um, and you did do it out of revenge. So again, be honest there. <laughs> um, you one hundred percent did this out of revenge. And yeah, I, 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 I certainly have sympathy for you. Uh, that sounds humiliating and and cruel. I, I, if that had happened to me, especially if I were in my like early twenties at work. I'd be devastated. Um, I hope that uh, while your friend, I think, was right to take you to task for how you handled it, I hope your friend also has a lot of sympathy for, like, the way in which your relationship just ended. But, like, never talk to this guy again. There's no <laughs> information he can give you that's going to help you heal from this or move on. He's not a good person. Um, he's not even, like, a smart person. He's very dumb. He's very bad at cheating. Um and, um, you know, save your energy uh, towards trying to justify what you did towards finding a therapist and seeing one about all your anger and frustration and rage. And just leave all these people alone. Uh, delete that video from your phone if you haven't already, because I think there's just always going to be a part of you that wants to keep that so that you can hold it over somebody else's head. And that's not okay. So, um,
1: yeah get rid of that video right now. Yeah, I am. I can tell that you're a season pro at this, Danny, because like every single letter I was like, wow, I'm
0: really trying to say... Oh, because I'm able to say things like delete pornography that you don't have consent to have.
1: No, no. I mean, like more like for a bunch of the letters. Like, I I was reading the questions beforehand. I was just like, wow. I'm like really trying to see their side of things and be empathetic and generous and like maybe read too generously because like I don't know the full details. And you're like, okay, well, here's why you're a shitty person. You need to get in shape or like get out of here. Like, cut off contact. Just don't even look back. Jim, Pillars delete of salt. Facebook. Of lawyer salt.
0: up. Um, <laughs> yes, no. Eurydice
1: I, will die. Get out of there. Don't look
0: back. I'm on like the Vitamita Vegemin assembly line. No, I'm mixing up my I Love Lucy episodes. It's when she works at the Chocolate Factory.
1: I was about to say. I'm
0: sorry. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, all those Lucy stands <laughs> out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like, it's always hard, I think, when you start with like 100% of the moral high ground and then you seed like most of it. Um, and I want to save everyone from that. Feel. Like, because I've done that. Like, I've been in that position where I started out being a hundred percent right, and then because I don't know how to handle justifiable anger, um, I do something that makes me now like fifty percent wrong. And I hate that. I hate that so much. I want to prevent everyone from that. And and I hear often from people who are like, I was right, and then I did something so inappropriate that I'm not right anymore, and I don't know what to do. And it's um, it's really hard. So I do feel for this letter writer, but yeah, you know what you did wrong. Um.
1: Uh, maybe with, with this or, or with a lot of the other situations we've been um, responding to today, um, just keep in mind, like with the, the twin sister who is, um, appears to be a nightmare, um, just keep in mind what your end, desired end goal in any resolution of this would be if you do want any. If, if you don't want to keep dating this person, the way to ensure that is to just like tell them we're over and we're done and yeah. you break up. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes it's almost comforting to stay locked in, um, uh, or keep yourself locked in a place where you are in a really contentious relationship or really like, I don't know, just Eagles hate fucking each other forever mm-hmm. instead of just breaking away with your talents and flapping your wings and flying. Um, I'm a writer and, um, uh, not a good one. And, um, uh, you know, just keep in mind what you really want out of this. And that way you can avoid um, sticking with something that sucks just because that feeling of things that suck is familiar, you yeah. know? Like, sometimes it's scary to go to the unfamiliar, but the unfamiliar could be you being, like, happy.
0: Right. Yeah, because the things I want for this letter writer are, like, to not be in a relationship with a person who treats her like this. Um, To not be, like, putting herself in a position where she's trying to, like, on the fly create rules where it's okay to send revenge porn. Do you know what I mean? Like... Uh, like, oh well of course if you don't post anything online and the other person was enjoying themselves in the video, it's awesome to show other people pornography they didn't consent Ooh, to be Oh, Wait, shown. oh
1: God, that's like vaguely rape culture adjacent. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. Like that's I think that's why I was being a little hard on this person, because it's just like no, I I really don't care. Um like and and just like any kind of justification of like, well she was okay with him filming it, so obviously she'd be okay with everyone in the world including people who hate her seeing it and judging her as a result. Just like, no, you don't get to use other people's behavior to justify your shitty behavior. Your behavior has to stand on its own. So, um no, if you find yourself creating rules for why your revenge porn was cool or okay, you are in the wrong. You got to turn around. You got to have your, you know, road to Damascus moment.
1: So, uh, yes, I, I too get that reference.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, just, just enjoy bringing a little biblical content in every now and again. Um, so we're, I love Spice World. So our last letter for today is just, am I a cheapskate boyfriend? And actually, I, I don't think so, which is kind of nice because often when people ask that question, the answer is yes. But I think, I think maybe this person could be a little easier on himself. We'll see. Dear Prudence. Oh, I love this beginning. I love this so much. This is the kind of thing you say when you've been, like, dating since middle school and you go to Six Slags a lot. My girlfriend and I (laughs) have had an informal relationship for more than half a decade, and we've been officially together for four years. Okay, actually, I take that back because maybe that means all told they've known each other nine years. I was reading that as, like, we've been dating for four years, but we were friends for a whole year before that, so that counts. (laughs) Anyways.
1: You've known each other. sometimes you're just fucking you you've know.
0: known each other a while, I get it um, I make a bit more than she does and have no student loan debt but we're both comfortably middle class we're also both young and social justice oriented we started dating in college I can
1: tell because of <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, it was sorry, very clear sorry, that sorry. you I didn't were no, I got you oh, I meant the social justice oriented it's like we are both in this socioeconomic class <laughs> level and we are both comfortable financially
0: yes, yeah, no these um, sorry, class I'll markers always go together I get it We started dating in college, and she often said that, as a student of gender studies, she did not expect the man to pay for dates. Again, super charming. I don't mean to, like, suggest that I'm laughing at this. I just love the way that that's worded. Okay, no more commentary. I'm just going to read through the letter. We generally split the cost when we go out to eat, but only then. And that's not something we do all that often. For other dates, I find myself paying a significant amount of the time. We go out for drinks multiple times a week, and I'd estimate I pay about 50% of the time. She's never offered to pick up a bar tab. When I go to her place for a movie night, it's generally expected that I'll pick up drinks and snacks for the both of us. When she comes to my place, we go out together to pick up treats and split the cost. Am I a bad person for noticing this discrepancy? I mean, when we started dating, she explicitly told me that we should share the costs. Am I a bad boyfriend for going along with that? Should there be an expectation that she pays sometimes? Should I pay for everything?
1: Straight people are so funny. <laughs> so
0: There's like a rapid fire series of questions at the end. And I just want to answer them quickly before we dive into funniness and straightness um, oh, and, and all okay. that. One, am I a bad boyfriend? No, you sound like a nice boyfriend. You sound like a nice person. <laughs> I would watch a movie and eat Doritos with you. 100%. You sound charming. Um, should there be an expectation that she pays sometimes? Sure. You guys should talk about that. Um, Should I pay for everything? No. What? No. You've already had the conversation about how neither of you wants you to pay for everything. I don't know where that came from. No, don't pay for everything. Um, So those are my answers to those specific questions.
1: Um, I, on the other hand, think you're a terrible boyfriend and I think you should pay for nothing and I think your girlfriend should give you half her wealth. I don't, I barely listen. No, Um, I agree with everything you said. I think that these are very simple answers to very simple problems that you're making needlessly complicated by never addressing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's that fear of like, she should just like be keeping track of this as I do. Um, and it'd be great if she kind of like intuitively did that, but you can absolutely just say like, hey, when we go out to drinks, I would love it if you offered to pay more. Or even just when the bill comes, just say, let's split it. You don't even have to, like, ask her to start making a habit. You can just start saying, let's split the check. That's it.
1: And bring this conversation up in, like, a really intentional moment. Like, maybe don't launch into this conversation after dinner or after drinks. Middle of sex. Middle of sex. Middle of sex. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wait until you two are... You know, um, knee deep in and why another. do you
1: always get to come first? Oh, knee. D- oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? You can. That's I consider that's uh, I think that's beautiful. Knee deep. Yeah. yeah,
0: you're both knee deep at each other, and you say, "How come you never offer to
1: pay for drinks?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm a rascal. I'm sorry. Yeah, the old quicksand reversal. Um, so I. uh yeah, just like fucking ask your girlfriend a question and address something that makes you feel weird, um, and do so at a moment where you're not drunk and when, um, it could never spiral into a really horrible fight because anything can when you're dating someone. That's the beauty of dating someone. You're you can always just make each other horribly sad and angry. But um, how's
0: your dating life going, Harry?
1: Oh, um, <laughs> um, I'm not a letter writer. I am. I am an advice columnist you're now. Right. I'm Prudence now. You're right. I'm sorry. I take yeah, call me Prudence.
0: You're right, Prudence. <laughs> yeah, this is fine. Thanks, this is. Prudence. I, I think she will take it just fine. Um, and you definitely don't have to say stuff like, you know, you don't have to ask her if you're a bad boyfriend or or like anything like that. You don't have to make this a whole big gender referendum you can just say i've noticed that we're great at splitting the bill when it comes to going out to eat but um i pay way more often for movie snacks and bars and i'd love to split that more often
1: she could just be oblivious she could just um be kind of selfish she could just be like a little one-track minded or myopic or spacey Mm -hmm. like i think you're you're intellectualizing this um to a crazy degree because you have so much time to think about it because you're not bringing it up. Right. All you're doing is thinking about it. When really it's just like, she doesn't think about it. Right. And so maybe you should just like, tell her to start thinking about it.
0: Right, because sometimes I think if we like have started keeping track of something in our minds, we think like, obviously the other person notices it to the same degree every time I do. And the fact that they don't say anything means that they're like as aware of it as I am and just choosing not to say anything. But you just say like, you know, when we have movie nights at her house, it's generally expected that I pick up drinks and snacks, which may just mean it kind of became a habit and she assumed it was fine. And, you know, as long as you never said anything, she's like, we're great. So just let her know you're not always going to be able to do that um, and ask her to pick up snacks. And I bet she will, instead of saying, you know, no, you are the snack guy she will say something like yeah i'll pick up some brownie mix or whatever
1: the six words every man like longs to hear i don't know what they eat i don't know what movies they watch no you are the snack guy yeah
0: yeah who's you know which one of you is the snack guy and and which one of you (laughs) is the gender studies student the classic relationship orientation um that's it we did it we helped everyone
1: yeah i think everything's fine now um everyone talk to people and stop being weird you know
0: Mm -hmm. or sometimes don't talk to them ever again
1: yeah sometimes don't talk to anyone um sometimes do but then don't Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm.
0: and it is always hard i think to figure out what is a feeling that somebody else needs to help you out with and what is a feeling that you need to take like sole responsibility for And I personally have a really hard time distinguishing between, like, just a feeling I need to process on my own and a feeling that other people need to process for me. So I know I've been a little strict today with some of our letter writers, but it's only because I relate to your problems and I don't always know how to handle the same thing.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know. I had fun being a top, so thanks for the opportunity.
0: (laughs) Anytime. Um, Please, please feel free to come back anytime and just top whoever wants to write in um so if anyone out there (laughs) needs an advice top um please uh, specify in your letter that you need heron to come back and uh we'll make it happen
1: from the grinder dms to your slate podcast years um danny (laughs) this has been a lovely experience
0: it has been a pure delight thank you so much please come back soon Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Phil Circus, and our theme music is composed by Robin Hilton. Production assistance is by Taylor Simmons. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash dearprudence to subscribe. And remember, you can always hear more Prudence by joining Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash prudipod to sign up. If you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR, that's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute, tops. Thanks for listening. And on today's Plus segment... My goodness, you have every right to say, you know what, I want more like gay and bi and trans friends. Um, I want to seek out people who have had similar life experiences to mine or who share some of my, like, desires, um, and and I want to, like, build meaningful community with those people. That's fabulous. That's good. I want you to go do those things. I don't want you to do them, like, weirdly aggressively at work with people who are trying to, like, buy a cake from you because some gay people have been rude to you and, like, shitty about your bisexuality in the past. To listen to the rest of that conversation, join Slate. Plus now at slate.com forward slash Pod.
1: Step into the
0: world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer
1: he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather
0: at chompocasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday.